Hello, welcome to this BMJ podcast about well-being. Today we're talking about mental health and doctors. I'm Abby Rimmer, careers editor at the BMJ, with an interest in well-being. And I'm Kat Chatfield, a trained GP with an interest in quality and patient safety. Abby and I co-lead the BMJ's campaign on well-being. Today we'll be talking to a doctor in Australia who found an ingenious way to open up the conversation about depression, anxiety and other mental health issues across the medical profession using colourful socks. So, Abby, crazy socks for docs, what's that about? (laughs) Well, it's an initiative I remember seeing on Twitter at least for the last couple of years, people using the hashtag crazy socks for docs and then basically just wearing odd socks. And my understanding of it is that they're kind of showing that they're aware of the fact that there are doctors who suffer from mental health conditions and that they're kind of supportive of it and wishing to kind of destigmatize it, I guess, in the profession. Okay, so it's an awareness raising thing. Um, Australia have actually done a really widespread survey, um, an organisation called Beyond Blue have, have looked at rates of mental health in um, Australian medical students and doctors, uh, which is fantastic. We, we just don't have that kind of information currently in the UK. Um, and they found that, that doctors generally had higher levels of mental health problems than the Australian population, uh, which in turn was higher than other professions. So there's a real divide between doctors and other professionals in their experience of mental health. Um, so about 20% of doctors reported being treated or diagnosed with depression. Um, about 25% of doctors reported having thoughts of suicide prior to the last 12 months, which you know, which is huge, quarter of all doctors um, and two percent of doctors had actually attempted suicide so it's really sort of prevalent in in the me- uh, medical profession um, I was interested to see surprise me that actually it was um, younger doctors who had reported higher levels of specific mental health problems so actually um, I guess I always reflect on my current age bracket as being particularly stressed um, you know with the you know, sandwich generation but actually it was really young doctors who had high levels of general um, burnout and specific mental health problems so that 18 to 30 age group was was the most at risk um female doctors uh, had higher rates than male doctors of psychological distress um and high likelihood of mental health disorders um but so again although men struggled to seek help typically it was the the w- women who had the higher levels of distress it was a really interesting report well, I was just going to say we're speaking during a time when it's perhaps even tougher because we're in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic. Absolutely, even tougher. But then I think conversely, what I think is hopeful, and I, and I don't know if Jeff's going to reflect on this, is that I think well-being of staff has become much more at the open topic of conversation because there is this acknowledgement that things are particularly tough right now. Um so at least it's opened up that conversation a little bit more. But I think there's a long way from saying we're having better conversations in general about how to look after staff and individual staff being able to stand up and put their hand up and say, this is happening to me or this has happened to me um, and I need help. Well, we're very pleased to welcome onto the podcast someone who initiated a somewhat creative way to enter the conversation and break through the stigma of mental health. Oh, hi, I'm Dr. Jeff Tugut. I'm a cardiologist. I'm from Melbourne, Australia, and I work in the cardiology department at Peninsula Health, which is on the Mornington Peninsula in Melbourne. 
Crazy Socks for Docs is, was an initiative that started kind of by chance, um, as a lot of things do, and kind of by initiative. And it was started to prevent or to address the mental stigma, particularly in doctors' mental health and and health workers' mental health, but predominantly doctors' mental health in Australia. And how it started was that I'd been buying happy socks, which are the bright coloured Swedish socks to kind of keep myself happy and cheer myself up as sort of a one percenter a year or so before this comment was passed to me. And then I was gradually getting better. Also bought a dog, Golden Retriever, who was a puppy. And uh, at that time, going through a divorce, I was living in a different house. And so I had limited socks, limited washing, and my dog had managed to eat and demolish most of the socks, except some mismatched old coloured socks, which I wore to work. Didn't think anything of it. But unfortunately, people behind my back thought that I was disintegrating again from a mental health problem, which I thought was very stigmatising. And in fact, you know, I think there are kind of comments about going crazy again. Now, crazy is a stigmatising word, but if it's used in the sense of socks or in sense of sort of other things, it's not stigmatising. And I, I don't find it stigmatising talking about the socks, but about someone's mental health, I did. And I thought, well, look, I needed to do something to kind of challenge this. Posted it on a Twitter hashtag with that. I didn't have many followers then, some other sort, and it went viral in Australia. Got an article in the British Medical Journal as well. People were following it there, so it kind of was partly by accident, and I didn't expect it to keep taking off. And then we've now run it for the fourth year this year on where we ran a webinar with some leading Australian and Uh, mental health experts to again challenge and break down the stigma about mental health but also you know look at advocacy and action and kind of awareness in the medical profession particularly. When you talk about stigma what does that mean is that an attitude within the profession towards other doctors who are suffering from mental health how does it kind of embody itself? I think generally there's a stigma attached no matter what you do with regard to mental health and around mental illness. But I think it's kind of resolving a little bit more in professions outside medicine. Certainly in medicine, it's viewed as um, the stigma relates to a weakness, a fact that you're not tough enough. I use the word that I don't like, you're not resilient enough to cope with the job. You're not kind of cut out to make, to do the job. And that's where the stigma is, rather than the fact that, you know, one in four, one in five people will suffer from mental health illness over their lifetime. doesn't mean they're weak. It just means the cards have lined up and they've become ill. Australian men are a little bit more boisy and are not very good at seeking help for mental health illnesses. And the kind of, in this country... Out of the suicide, six out of every eight are men in this country, okay? And I think women in the medical profession, they need to show the kind of non-weakness, macho kind of role in a sense as well. So they don't seek help. It's the kind of same thing. It's hard to put, but, you know, like... So for them to prove themselves, particularly in a male-dominated specialty, they have to kind of embrace the kind of 
bad male traits of the profession, you know, which is bad. In medicine, it certainly affects, um, and the stigma then relates often at different parts of the career to people, junior doctors seeking new jobs or seeking employment or advancing through training programs. Um, female doctors probably affect a little bit more because it's seen as a, you know, they're not cut out for the job. And so that's where the stigma rises. And that leads to us not seeking help for fear of us exposing our illness, which means we often delay getting help. And that's even worse, you know, it delays out the treatment that we should have sought earlier. And have you yourself experienced struggles with mental health? Oh, yeah. I've had kind of... Well, longish, but not too longish. Uh, history of mental health illness, perhaps. My first and worst was well, my first was maybe twenty years ago with about a significant anxiety. Not that much depression at that time, so I suffered kind of from an anxiety disorder, which, with treatment and um, developing cognitive behaviour techniques and other techniques, resolved over six to twelve months, and then I was well for maybe. 15 years and then a whole lot of things lined up in my life um, sort of a marriage breakdown sort of financial issues related to job issues with bullying in the workplace even as a senior doctor so that lined up a lot of issues at the time and so I suffered a severe depressive episode then. And it was that around the time when the Crazy Socks for Docs came about? Crazy Socks for Docs came about maybe three years after that because I was in a recovery mode and I was getting better and I wasn't really that, I wasn't ill. So I was getting better and um, recovering and certainly able to work. But perhaps two years before that was when I was significantly ill. I needed to take a little bit of time off work to kind of get my, not my head together, but to recover mentally and put in process the recovery process that I needed to get back to working. And did you experience any of the stigma that we spoke about during that period? Uh, Yes, certainly. I think some of it is a little bit self-inflicted because you feel your colleagues will judge you, but in fact I think a lot of it is true. They do judge you for your um, having a a depressive or anxiety illness. and that delayed me getting treatment and it made it a little bit hard to get treatment because um, it's, you know, because of confidentiality reasons, etc. You know, seeing it as a doctor, if you see someone, I'm not sure what it's like in the UK, but certainly Australia, I mean, it doesn't take much for people to find out you've seen Dr such and such who's a psychiatrist and it spreads pretty quickly. So often you have to move a little bit further away from where you are to maintain a bit of privacy while you're getting better. And certainly our patients are entitled to privacy with recovery and treatment and we should be too. Yeah, I think there's absolutely the same issue in the UK. We have something here called the Practitioner's Health Programme, which is a special health program dedicated just to doctors but it was used to only be in London so it was quite difficult for people to access so definitely the same issues one of the things that is interesting I think for us from the UK perspective I think often UK doctors see Australia as kind of 
the golden land where you know your work-life balance is better and everyone's happy and in the sun and couldn't possibly be suffering from any mental health problems so I just wondered how widespread within the medical profession these issues are in Australia. Look I think um, we're probably no different to the UK we have significant mental health issues uh, a survey by one of our organisations Beyond Blue showed significant issues of anxiety and depression amongst doctors and medical students and a worryingly high incidence or of um, suicidal ideation in, in doctors uh, and medical students, particularly female doctors. Um, so I don't think it's kind of, it's not a lot different. Um, maybe it's hard to know, having not worked in the UK, um, it's, you know, there is, you know, I think in some ways this, uh, maybe our rostering's better, maybe there's some other issues that are better, but a lot of the kind of cultural issues with regard to um, hierarchy and bullying and training programs and jobs and sexism and the whole lot are all the same. I mean, we do in a lot of places, you know, I'm two kilometres from the, you know, I'm one kilometre from the bay in Frankston. So although it's freezing now in summer, it's close to go to swim. But so we do have, you know, a lifestyle that is, a, is okay. And we do kind of embrace that. But it's still, the, the job's still hard and the hours are still long and the workplaces at times are toxic. And in the UK, during the COVID pandemic, we saw hospital trusts introducing initiatives to help look after their doctors and their staff better. So we had, you know, things like hot food returning at night times and spaces made available for doctors to take breaks. Now, I don't know if you already had those things in Australia or whether you've also seen a kind of improvement in attempts to support your healthcare staff. I think there's both. I think in some places there are areas to rest and, you know, meal breaks uh, and the like, but it wasn't perfect. Um, but certainly what I've noticed in the emails from the hospital, I work at another hospital, is an increasing amount of acknowledging the vulnerability and mental health of healthcare workers at this time. And it's a kind of, I think, perhaps the most honest and first time they've done it in the last 10 to 20 years. You know, they've actually embraced the kind of stress that we're under. And our, our wave is hitting us for a second time here. So now we're in a, in a, um, because we're in a month or two behind the UK. But certainly they're understanding the stresses that all the frontline healthcare workers are under. Do you think that could lead to any improvements then in kind of the way people perceive mental health? In Well, I hope so. I think I hope they sort of, it's interesting, there's a few people that you wouldn't expect to th embrace vulnerability or anxiety or under stress under circumstances, the kind of tough kind of doctor who are kind of embracing that they're a little bit scared and frightened and anxious and worried about what's going on, understandably. And... It may hopefully lead to that cultural change where there's kind of, we acknowledge each own's vulnerability, that's not a weakness, and we kind of um, 
we're kind to each other and we're, you know, we're a bit more supportive of each other in this kind of situation. And that's kind of been a little bit, you know, that has happened. I mean, the hospital's got, our hospital's got donations from local people because it's a local, it's a, it's a city hospital. It's on the fringe of the, the city, so it is kind of like a local hospital. So it's part of the community. So, you know, people have donated food and they've donated, they've sent cards and children have sent beautiful sort of pictures. So there has been an embrace uh, from the community of what, the hospital's doing and I think for once I've never seen so many emails on almost a daily basis about wellness and support from the executive at hospitals that I work at which is good which is good hopefully it persists um we kind of we had a bit of a a lull between our first and second wave and it kind of was starting to go back to the same, same as before, but now we've been hit again and I think that may the reality may set in and they may uh, hopefully engage, you know, embrace mental well-being of healthcare workers because one of the situations is that most of us will probably get through this crisis, you know, because that's what healthcare workers do. And it'll hit us, you know, in six to 12 months when the kind of reality of what we've dealt with comes to sort of fruition. Um, kind of in the recovery phase from COVID, we'll still be, rec- we need to recover from a mental health point of view, both as a profession, but as a nation, really, from everyone that's in the nation. You know, I think there'll be a lot of anxiety, depression in, medic- in medical professionals then, also maybe post traumatic stress from what gone on you know that's kind of the next wave perhaps in us as professionals yeah absolutely and I imagine we'll suffer from the same thing here in the UK just going back to crazy socks for docs is it one day once a year where you wear your odd socks well it is we kind of that's all I can because it's a very small although it's an organization I love getting emails one of you could speak to the to me was I'm the only one that handles the emails it's kind of it's self-funded by me and I've got there are other people on the board that help me you know an accountant and a lawyer and another board member and a couple of other people so it's all run voluntarily so it is one day it would be nice to evolve it although I need to get through our COVID kind of wave here but it'd be nice to evolve it to a sort of a one day a year but to kind of embrace other initiatives over a period of time and expand it more overseas I mean kind of nice to be interviewed in the UK I didn't realize it had been embraced in the UK like this but well I've I mean the reason I wanted to speak to you was because I've saw you know UK doctors using their hashtag and showing off their I know. odd socks so it's, so it's definitely of, been embraced yeah so it's grown it'd be nice to embrace it again and develop sort of programs or apps or something specifically for doctors mental health and well-being that would be kind of like the funding to go um Mm. but it reminds me very very much of an initiative someone launched the u in the uk which was an nhs badge with a rainbow on it to show that the doctors were aware of lgbtq plus issues and i like i i kind of see those the odd socks as someone saying look i'm aware of the stigma around mental mm. health but I'm here to be supportive is that kind of how that's how we want it so so yeah. the day is the day where we sort of um 
we we got a panel of uh, experts in Australia to speak. We got chief medical officer in Australia, and we got we had people from um, the National Mental Health Commission, who's an advisor to our prime minister, and uh, to speak on the day. Uh, and one of the ambulance, the chief CEO of our ambulance service in Victoria, to speak about their first responder issues with COVID um, and their programs they had. So, yeah, it's one day where I think we kind of roll it out across the day, have a massive initiative, have people doing local grand rounds or morning teas or discussion groups. But I think it, it needs to, as you say, evolve similarly where we have a badge saying, you know, like the we have a rainbow tick in Australia for hospitals that embrace the kind of that you know the um, the rainbow initiative and so a kind of crazy socks logo you know saying yeah it's okay to be not okay and to seek help and that doesn't mean you're going to fail as a doctor doesn't mean you can't get back to being a doctor you might just need some support to recover or less work for a few weeks just to um, to get back. And what day is it? And does that day have a special significance? Well, not really. Well, it's the first Friday of June and it, I don't know why it ended up like that. It was meant to be another day and then someone sort of leaked to the initiative a few days early and started a few days. It's like, it's like, okay. So I just went with it. So I decided to make it then. It's kind of the middle of the year for Australia when it's pretty dark and bleak and it's close to the winter solstice. So it's you know, it's not a bad time. You know, the middle of summer in Australia is kind of, you know, generally good, although our last summer's also been kind of um, impacted by severe bushfires in most of the country, uh, parts of the country. So just as sort of the sort of eastern border and parts of South Australia and Victoria kind of got over the bushfires, we now get hit with a pandemic. So we're kind of... Um, back-to-back serious social and kind of local emergencies. So generally summer's better for us, you know, at the beach and, you know, it's sunny and it's good. So winter's fine for us to do that. So that's where it's going to be. So I think it'll stay as a day. We have an initiative here called Are You OK Day where there's a day started by by an Australian 10 years ago to ask if you're OK and that's evolved stays at one day but it's evolved to um you know and other initiatives which i think is what mine will eventually i just wonder whether you think we ought to do more both in the uk and australia and elsewhere in teaching doctors maybe even from medical school how to better look after their colleagues one of the things i brought up before is i mean we all do mandatory training in our country in um basic life support and advanced life support in our hospital, but we don't really do kind of training in mental health first aid. And even if we're health professionals, we may not know how to to talk to someone, get them to seek help. You know, we don't necessarily, as a doctor or nurse, need to be the treater, but we need to know where to direct them when they're at risk um, and, and how to direct them in a kind of, you know, authentic and kind of polite and kind of way that they will go and get the help. 
So I think, yes, we do. Um, part of it is, yeah, I think part of it is training us to recognise issues in other people and how to deal with, you know, mental health issues in other people from a mental health first aid point of view. And then others is kind of recognising it in ourselves. I mean, one of the things you learn is if you've suffered an illness, like I know through this time I'm kind of having ups and downs. I'm not unwell, but I know I'm, you know, my mental health's getting a wave of kind of attack with the current things that are going on in Melbourne at the moment with that sort of massive wave of COVID. But I know that that's happening. I know what I need to do and I'm recognising what's going on and I'm recognising the kind of things I need to do to support myself. So um, all those things are hard learned if you can kind of easily learn it rather than learn it by, you know, being severely ill, that would be better. Do you have a message about mental health and stigma towards mental health for doctors around the world? Well, my message really is we've got a... uh, We're creating a lot of awareness about mental health, particularly certainly in Australia, but we've really still got to break down the stigma. Stigma stops doctors from seeking help. A person that helped me develop the website, he said, how can you not get help? You work in a hospital. It's full of people that can help you. And it kind of... That sort of struck me as, well, yes, there's numerous people that are in a hospital that could help you or direct you to the right support. So I think we're we're very slow in seeking help. One thing that kind of astounded me about Crazy Socks was the number of countries that took it up, but it it just kind of wasn't an elitist first world hospital type problem there must be something intrinsic in the kind of profession or what they see that is affecting doctors no matter what country they're in no matter where they're working no matter how well well how poorly they're paid there's something that's causing this significant issue and ultimately tragedies unfortunately in the medical profession Well, that was really interesting because I'd been kind of aware of Crazy Socks for Dots on Twitter, but I hadn't really understood. It was about um, kind of showing your support, I guess, not just on this one day, but showing generally that you are aware of mental health issues in medics um, and, and you're open and supportive to talking about them. I hadn't thought about the link with kind of rainbow badges or rainbow ticks. So that's kind of made me look at it in a different way. What, what was your reflection, Abby? My impression was maybe initially that you would wear the odd socks to kind of show that you were struggling, but maybe having spoken to Jeff, I understand that the idea is also to show that you're supportive of, as you say, Kat, talking about the issue. I really liked his point as well on, you know, the need to maybe train healthcare professionals in mental health first aid so that if you need to approach somebody who you think is struggling, you you can make sure that first conversation is, is the best conversation it can be. Absolutely. I think, you know, recognising that there might be this perception that, um, as Jeff said, you know, you'll work in a hospital that's full of people who can help you. But um, 
as a surgeon, for example, you may not be well trained in how to deal with a colleague disclosing uh, their mental health problems to you. And I think the importance of everyone being able to be open to that conversation, perhaps demonstrate they're open to it by wearing their crazy socks or, or whatever other initiatives you know you might follow. Um, and then I think knowing how to handle it when someone says to you, do you know what? I'm not OK. I'm really struggling. Because I think if you are struggling, if you are um, having mental health issues, it takes so much to open up to someone there's so much energy and you know especially when you're depressed kind of generate that level of energy is really really difficult um, and if you don't get a reaction that moves you towards getting the help you need um, then I think it can really really be a huge barrier to asking someone the next time and I think also just reassuring people that you don't need to solve the problem like no one is expecting doctors to be able to support their colleagues or to you know be their psychiatrist or their therapist or even their GP it's just to signpost them and support them to getting the help they need and to encourage them that it's okay and that speaking out is the right thing to do um, and that you're there to, to walk with them even if you don't know what the answers are. Well so on that note let's wrap this up for now thank you so much to Jeff Toogood for coming on the podcast you can reach him at crazysocksfordots.com.au you can check us out on social media we're at bmj underscore latest on twitter or you can join the bmj wellbeing group on facebook and please let us know any ideas you have for what we could cover in the future until next time it's goodbye from us bye, bye.